Hannah here today. We haven't recorded an episode in a little while. Actually, that's not true. Our podcast microphone broke, so we had to resolve that. And after that, we did record an episode. And when I was editing it recently, I was like, I don't know, this just doesn't have a great vibe to it. This isn't really the way that I want to return to the podcast feeds. So it's something that I'd like to re-record when Evan and I can get together and really think of a good episode topic. In the meantime, I don't know, I was just thinking about the idea of reliable content. And I know that that's like a kind of hated word, but I think about the people who make things that bring me joy. Sometimes it's sort of just a comfort thing for me where there are these YouTubers that I really like or podcasts I like where I just have them on in the background and it's like this kind of self-soothing thing and I really appreciate the regularity of it or when they post a new video I'm like oh yeah cool all right I can watch this person like do their makeup while I'm getting ready for bed um so this is so stupid I have no plan, but I was just thinking about how also people have been saying really nice things in the past number of months about finding Design Doc to be kind of a relaxing podcast. I think I tend to be the one who's a little bit sort of wound up and the fast talker, and Evan has the really like beta wave voice. But I was thinking about what it would be like to just get an episode out that was super lo-fi and relaxing, can just listen in the background. Our episodes normally, I think, sound pretty casual. We do actually do quite a bit of prep for them, and we write notes, and we have an outline, and then we have our like good banter back and forth. But today, I don't know. I thought that maybe if you are in a place right now where a little bit of psychic brain input background chatter, lo-fi background chatter. I don't know why I keep using that word. I think this is like this this word that I've just grabbed onto recently would be helpful and calming. I want to do some clean out of old game ideas lists. This is a list that I have in the app Todoist that I haven't looked at in maybe even a few years. It's not something that I keep actively updated. And I'm just going to read you some of these ideas in the background while you are driving or getting ready for bed or whatever you do while you listen to podcasts. Uh, I don't even know what some of these are. This one, I'm, I'm going to just start. Okay, here I go. Here's Here's one. The first one on the list is just called Larval McManus. No idea what that is. Also, if like something inspires you, if you're like, oh my gosh, that's it. Larval McManus. That's the name of my RPG. Go nuts. So I'm going to check Larval McManus off because I don't plan on making this game. Uh, the next one on the list says Pam and Salmon and Change Free Air 
and okay, I do remember the origins of this one. This was a dream that I had, and I remember waking up, it was like these two warrior women. <laughs> one was named Pam and Sam, and the other was Change Free Air, and they lived in this, this says, live in a city constructed on the outskirts of an existing civilization. It's like a permanent burning man. <laughs> I don't know, Pam and Salmon and Change Free Air, maybe those are some good names for... PCs or NPCs. They were like so cool in the dream. I'm going to keep going. I, I don't think I'm going to check that one off. That one, that's like a note that I want to open up a year from now and see it because every time I see it, I I smile. Uh, this, this one is the brave mushroom people discover the sun. It was another dream, actually. Not all of these are dreams, but it was another dream that I had about these little mushroom people that went on this like quest through the forest and I didn't know where they were going I must have known I mean my brain made the dream while I was dreaming it I remember being like what's gonna happen what is the end of this quest gonna be and they went on this great journey through the forest and it was very perilous and then in the end they ended up in this sunny field and they all just shriveled up in the sun but it was like rapturous for them and I woke up and I was like yeah cool <laughs> you can take that too I someday I feel like I do want to make that game I don't know exactly what it looks like but the brave mushroom people discover the sun okay this next one is called sexy newborn baby man this one I think came from thinking about like the Tarzan trope or like Rocky from Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? Rocky, wait, was Rocky? Gosh, it's been a minute since I've seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky was the sexy newborn baby man, right? Not, who gets killed? Eddie, Eddie gets killed. Rocky is the, <laughs> is the when, titular character? Is that, is, does that mean, that, <laughs> this is why Evan records episodes with me uh sexy no more newborn baby man it, it's just like a game i feel like this could go on one page and it's just about generating you know these beautiful tan muscular um child men weird trope uh this one's called all these boys are in love with each other i i don't know what that means i think i was just like thinking of a high school story or something and it was like a bunch of jocks but then they're all actually in love with each other but it's like not toxic masculinity i'm gonna check this one off i feel like nice idea i'm never gonna make this game <laughs> this one says ho there traveler a fucked up npc game literally no idea what that means this one says, this old house, about a house killing you because you deserve it. Um, I've always wanted to make a horror game because horror really scares me. I, the last scary movie I think I saw was It Follows, and I saw it years ago at this point, and it scared the ever-loving shit out of me, and I still check my closets for sex demons chasing after me. But I think it would be really cool to make a horror game sometime. 
I'm checking this one off, though. I don't see anything terribly unique about this idea. Not that I think a game has to be unique. Um, this is a note to a crochet kit blanket. I think that this note is just in the wrong place and is not supposed to be in the RPG folder, but it's Tunisian crochet, which I don't even do, so I'm checking it off. Okay, uh, let's move on. I have my notes got sort of separated between two lists, so let's go to the next list. This is like a Homeward Bound-inspired game called Strayed. I feel like I'm not going to make that game. I think animal games are really cool. I don't, like, know how to play animals in games. I feel like if I was going to make an animal game, it would be kind of nice to play it from the outside, like, not not in the first person. Uh, I'm going to check that one off. But, I mean, Homeward Bound, I don't even know why I would want to try to remake Homeward Bound. Peter, it's too sad. Oh, Peter, I missed you. Peter and I love you. I'm sorry, that's probably so so plosive in this mic. I'm checking that off. Um, the Prisoner RPG. So if you've never seen The Prisoner, it's an amazing show from the late 60s. It's one of those shows where when you see it, you're like, oh, so many memes and tropes of media came from this show it is about a secret agent who retires suddenly. He's like, oh, I'm retiring. I don't want to do this secret agent business anymore. And then the bad people, <laughs> the bad people, people who are <laughs> controlling secret agents, I don't know, are like, you can't just retire. What? What's the reason? There must be a reason. You must be hiding secrets of the government. And they steal him and bring him to this quaint terrifying island where he is subjected to all sorts of weird psychological experiments to make him lose him his sense of self and uh it's great it's like totally 60s and surreal when you try to escape the island there's this giant floating ball named Rover that comes after you in the water <laughs> and it makes this noise whenever it whenever it comes at you that's like Wee! and it's actually terrifying it's terrifying I've had nightmares about Rover uh yeah and it sort of like strangles you and then takes you back to shore so the prisoner RPG I'm gonna leave that one because I think that's a great idea uh, this says Twin Peaks Questlandia. I don't, uh, whatever, that's fine. I'm going to check it off. 1980s cartoon characters and bad guys. I don't know exactly what that is, but I'm thinking that, that probably I was thinking about cartoons that I watched growing up. Like, like what, what I bet I was thinking about was Strawberry Shortcake and how there's this bad guy named... Hmm. I want to get it right. I'm pretty sure that he was the peculiar purple pie man of Porcupine Porcupine Peak. Uh, sorry for all these peas. <laughs> and he would sing this song that was like, the peculiar purple pie man from Porcupine Peak. 
So this is probably not that relaxing if it's like a going to bed experience. <laughs> uh, and I, I liked how, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, he's scary as shit. But I think that a lot of these villains were just kind of like gay coded and wore purple and had nice mustaches. Game idea? I don't know. Oh, uh, Le Guerrieres is this French feminist novel that I read. Somebody had left it behind at this book sale. And instead of selling the book, I was like, I'm okay, I'm running this book sale. This book intrigues me. I'm going to take it. And I haven't read the book in years, but at the time, I remember being really taken by the premise, which was you get the sense that this was written a long time ago. These are sort of these like feral warrior women. And then you're like, oh, no, this is this is like this French women's revolution. And this is actually taking place now. But well, but now would be the 70s or whenever it was written. And all of these women have gotten together to overtake the patriarchy. And I I mean, I read an English translation, but I remember there being this one line that has stuck with me for years where they're, they basically go through and they ask these men, one after the other, kind of like, are you, are you with us? Are you against us? And then they sit down and they debate what comes next for creating a new culture. And they say, let those who call for a new language first learn violence and I don't know, that line that line really affected me at the time. I I generally don't have a very good memory, clearly. I'm not somebody who like remembers lines from books. I can read an entire book and not be able to tell you a single thing that happened. I can say that I liked the book, and when somebody's like, What was it about? I'm like, I have no idea. That's a great question. But this line, that line just really stuck with me. Uh good book about revolution i think i can't say anything like i i don't know anything about the author some of the people writing during that feminist movement had some ideas that are like pretty outdated so you know if you go out and you read le guerrieres le guerrieres the gorillas um and you're like, mm, yeah, I don't know that. So uh, then uh, I, I don't remember it that well. I remember that one line. This says, 1970s porn industry game. Mm, I think probably I was just like, the 1970s porn industry is fascinating. And it had a lot of mustaches. Uh, I don't think that's a game that I will make. I'm not sure what I would make. I'm going to check that off. Uh, this says, Everybody has a secret airport game. I, I sort of remember what that is. I think that I was, yeah, I think it's like one of those times when you're looking around and like I felt like I was being really deep and I was just looking around at, uh, at the airport and being like, Who here has a messed up life? Oh, I'm being so deep right now. I'm going to check that one off. <laughs> I'm not going to make that game. <laughs> that was from a really long time ago. All right, I feel like I should probably pick up the pace a little bit. 
1990s Adam Sandler comedy. I don't know why this idea has plagued me for years. I don't want to make a game about it. It's not a good idea, but uh, also because Adam Sandler has moved on in his career to be like an intense, serious actor. But I used to watch so many Adam Sandler movies and... I realized at one point, and maybe this was this, maybe this was a 90s trope also that you just don't see anymore. I I don't think this was unique to Adam Sandler movies. I really do think you just like saw this again and again. You would have these male protagonist characters, these Adam Sandler types who were like not really functional human beings, and they talked like babies. <laughs> and they were always attracted to like women who were like the owners of the New York Times or a Pulitzer Prize winning biologist or something. Can you win a Pulitzer for biology? <laughs> I don't... It would just be this trope where these these men who were not smart would just try to get these women again and again and these brilliant women would rebuff their advances until they were just so sort of emotionally worn down aka charmed <laughs> they were like okay now I'll date you 90s Adam Sandler and I wanted to make a game that had some sort of like exhaustion tracker where eventually you just dated 90s Adam Sandler I think about that now I don't think that's a good idea for a lot of reasons um I'm not gonna check it off <laughs> I want to leave it uh okay uh, this one I'm skipping nipper and girl was a game that my sister and I used to play when we were kids and I I played girl. I think girl did have a name, but we called girl girl because Nipper was her dog, but Nipper could also turn into a man. And I think that girl was like simultaneously sort of crushing on the man version of Nipper, but Nipper was like, "Oh, I can't I can't date girl because she's my owner." <laughs> And we loved this game. It had this rich world where, I mean, girl had a job. I don't remember what she did, but she had a job. She had friends. She went to work. It was just this imaginary fictional game that we acted out over the course of years. And it was this like tense, sad, tragic romance because Nipper and girl could never be together. That is the most fucked up game. No, I, <laughs> I'm leaving it on the list. Uh, the world we made together, inspired by the man who folded himself. I still really like this idea. It's a great book. It's like a, maybe it's almost like a novella. I remember it being a really short sci-fi book that I had read years ago. And I don't know. I don't encounter that many people who have ever read it or heard of it. I I'm sure that, like, as I'm, I mean, it's like, you know, who am I talking to? I'm sure everybody's going to be like, Hannah, obviously we've heard of the man who folded himself. But 
I I just don't come across a lot of other people who have read this book. It is a really good time loop story, and I've always wanted to make a time loop game. I think the time loops are really cool. In the story, this guy has a time belt, and every time he goes back in time, he's like creating alternate timelines and he ends up eventually meeting all of these different versions of himself and some are men and some are women and a bunch of them even like fall in love and they move into a house together and the book it's another thing that was written in the 70s and I read the book just being like oh it's a little time loop story and then he like kisses himself at some point and has this gay kiss and when I read it, I was like, whoa, this is not just any time loop story. This is this is real shit. That's this is this is legitimate. I actually just rechecked it out of the library. I didn't even remember that I had wanted to make a game based on it. I just rechecked it out of the library this week because I wanted to see what it was like reading again and if it was still good. Spambot card game. I don't know what that means. I've checked it off. Soft core dungeons. I don't know what that means. I think it's like a dungeon, but hot. I'm gonna check it off, but you know, I'm not gonna check it off. I feel like there's something there. Oh, this is kind of a cool idea. I think that this would be a neat game jam. Reimagining of classic big group games like Duck Duck Goose, Red Rover. Maybe not Red Rover. I think that's the one that like you break your arm when you play Red Rover. Tag. That's kind of cool. I kind of like that. I'm not even going to check it off. I'm going to leave that on the list. This one's just called Fuck House. <laughs> I'm checking that one off. I, I went through a period of time where I was like, oh, I really want to make like a sexy sex game. And but I never had any good idea for what that was. So, fuck house. There you go. Honestly, I feel like in the past few years, maybe somebody's even made a game with that title. If that's true, let me know. I'm going to check that off and, and assume that like that idea just got cast out into the psychic primordial soup and somebody else snatched it up and I appreciate that if that happened Barbarella great movie it would make a great game I'm sure there are like really pulpy sci-fi role-playing games I would love to know about them I don't know about them you know what else I would love if there was like a modern pulpy sci-fi book that was kind of like self-aware, but also hot and stupid. <laughs> that would be the best book ever. I'm going to leave that because I hope that if I see that again, it will remind me of that idea because I think modern pulp is really cool. Oh, Lisa Frank Hell. I was thinking about that game as somebody who grew up with Lisa Frank and loved the Lisa Frank aesthetic and still does. I'm like, puppies? 
at a gumball machine in space. Like, what's there not to love? But then I had read that it was really terrible working for the Lisa Frank company. And I don't know. I don't know if this is true. I don't even remember where I read it. I read this like long expose and they were like, everybody did coke all the time and locked us in our offices. And I was like, oh, cool. Oh, I want to make a game about like, you know, this bubblegum, perfect cutesy company that is actually like being in hell. I don't really want to make that game anymore. I don't feel like it. the idea brings me any great delight i just feel a little bit sad thinking about that um also for some reason i don't want to check it off though (laughs) so i guess i'll leave it we're getting to the end of the list something wicked this way comes i i think i read the book but i mostly am thinking about the movie so i don't i don't know how different the book and the movie are the movie is so good and it's so scary and Okay, so it's about this traveling carnival that is coming through a town, and this kid, I feel like his name is Charlie, but also I'm like, maybe I'm thinking of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. (laughs) So uh, let me look up. No, his name is not Charlie. I was really just thinking of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. In my mind, they're like the same actor. Uh, His name is Will. And his friend Jim and this traveling carnival comes through their town. It's this dark, evil carnival that sort of tempts people with their greatest secret desires at a price. And there's some really, really good scenes in the movie. I mean, it's one of those movies from the 80s that was made for kids presumably like it is a kids movie but even watching it now I find it absolutely terrifying and my memory is that Will's dad in the movie is a lot older than the other fathers and he he harbors a lot of secret fears of aging and not being able to keep up with his son as his son grows up there's this one scene where Will is hiding out from the leader of this evil carnival and his dad, I think he's, they're in a library and I think he's trying to distract Mr. Dark, the carnival leader, from finding his son and his friend. And Mr. Dark is talking to the father, Charles Halloway, and as he's doing so, he's ripping pages out of a book And every page represents a decade or a number of years of his life. And even as a little kid, I found this so affecting because he's going through and, you know, being like, 30s, you're 30 now, 30 when a man is still in his prime. And as he's ripping these pages out, the father, Charles, can feel his heart slowing down. And who I still... I'm I'm going to put it up there in like top movie scenes for me. Favorite top movie scenes. Gosh, I really don't want to end on that note though. That was that's sad. Um so I'll say a new idea that I haven't added to the list yet. So recently I have been getting into perfumes. I never would have pegged myself as a person who would get excited about 
like perfumes and colognes and fragrances. But I was watching this YouTube video and the person in the video was, it was probably a makeup video because that's mainly what I watch is like makeup and skincare. And the person was talking about fragrance and I almost skipped past that section because I was like, this does not interest me. I'm not going to buy a hundred dollar bottle of perfume. Perfume's gross. And she was like, I love this smell. It's so sexy. It's so enchanting and intoxicating. It smells like Dr. Pepper mixed with like the smell of your My Little Pony toys when you're a kid and you you smell that soft, warm plastic and it smells sort of sweet and plasticky. And I was like, oh, well, really? <laughs> so I had to go to the store and and test for myself because I was like, no, that's no way. Why, first of all, why would anybody want to smell like that except me? And I smelled it, and sure enough, I was like, uh-huh, yeah, that's really good. And I was describing this to a friend as I was trying to describe what it's been like to start to get into fragrance and, like, refine my nose <laughs> to be able to, like, decipher different fragrances, which happens very quickly. It's been something that I've delved into only over the past few months, and I already am, like, able to pick out minute smell notes it's very cool but I was describing this to a friend and the friend was like I do not understand like I, I've never understood fragrance but then I told this story and my friend was like that makes me think of this video game Detroit Become Human which I've only played a little bit of and how there's all this fanfic written this like robot AI fanfic written that's like sexy and when I think about that smell you're describing, I've never been able to get into like sexy AI sentient robot fanfic. But when I think about that smell, I'm like, yeah, that's probably what like a what an AI smells like, like an AI modeled after a human it smells like vanilla Coke or Dr. Pepper and like this warm, sweet plastic. And I was like, whoa. So I thought that was really cool. And also... I don't know what game to make around that, but I had never thought about like what sentient robots with silicone human skin smell like. And now I think about it like three times a day. So maybe there's a game there or something. So I promise that this will not be a regular thing. Uh... Or probably not even an ever again thing unless it was like literally the most relaxing thing you've ever listened to. It's very strange to just talk into a microphone by myself for 40 minutes. But in any case, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here with me while I cleaned up my role-playing game ideas to-do list. Maybe there is something in there that was inspiring <laughs> in its own way. So thank you, heroes. We will have a real episode out soon. I promise you it's not just going to be me talking about the smell of sex robots for the rest of time. Until then, I hope you have a really nice week.